The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, remarrying at the end of a previous relationship or perhaps after the loss of a spouse can be a major adjustment that brings both benefits and complications. Now, with second marriages becoming more and more common in Ireland, how can couples ensure that their new beginning is one of future happiness. To talk about all of this, Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I know you were prompted into this topic by the uh, nuptials of uh, to be of Rupert Murdoch, aged 92, Correct. and Leslie Ann Smith, aged 66. 66. Why do it? Why do it? Both of which, just for interest, is kind of unusual. The fact that he is so old, of course, but also that she is 66. Women, the possibilities of women marrying um, for a second time go down radically after 55. So I suppose there's not a lot of 92 year olds around who are, you know, also wanting to marry and have all the means. And the main reason people do it is because Mm. they can. Now, when you say women at that age of 66 don't marry again, whereas a man maybe of that age might uh, do, is it because um, there's a shortage of fellas who want to tie the knot? Or is it that they say, God, I've had one marriage, I'm not having another one? Well, I'd say there's many factors. You're you're right there. But across the the spectrum in singledom, there, there are more more men um, available than there are women in all age groups. I can't give you the absolute reasons for that, but that's how it is. And um, whether um, laterally then as the ages go on, of course, we know that men are inclined to check out a little bit earlier. Therefore, there will be less of them if you like, on the market, so to speak. So uh, so they are... This is all very sad. Yeah, it's all very sad and very real. But in another way, they are, you know, they are more desired in that sense. They would be more popular because there's less of them. Um, so that's one reason anyway. OK, so there, there might be a, 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 a any given cohort of uh, women, say 100 yes. women age 66. Um, there might only be, say, if the, the cohort of men might be 76. Yeah. Fewer 76-year-olds knocking around. Correct. So... They're in a so seller's. They're in them. a seller's market. Yes, they're in a seller's market. Men are in the older age groups. The, the older they get, because um, more and they have more and more choice. Anyway. Yeah. No, but on. The, the, the other <laughs> thing that men want to be looked after, you yeah. know, is, so they're they're feeling their age and they decide, God, I'm getting old. I can't yes. uh, cope with the single like a day longer. I need a minder. You see, I think as well, women also are wiser. You know, I think wise in the sense that that women get a lot of their emotional, uh, sort of intimate, if you like, um, not sexual, obviously, but intimate kind of satisfactions through a lot of, of widespread connections with friends. You know, the way women are very good at that, they have their group of friends. Men too, sometimes, but far less so. And so I think we really do understand that men are inclined to get much more of their sort of emotional and psychological needs from their partner than women do. In other words, you know, we we, we sort of spread our risks. Because when when you look at uh, men who have been widowed, for example, often they are literally like lost souls. And it's not because, you know, that there's no one to do the ironing, that kind of cliche. It's not that at all. It's It's the emotional loss, isn't it? And and the other thing that's kind of interesting, if I may say, is that people who have had, you know, whether it's through death, death or otherwise, people who have had a very, you know, Remarrying after death, for example, people who've had a very good relationship are more inclined to marry quickly again because they have the skills and the, if you like, the commitment, they know the benefits and all of that. So somebody like Murdoch obviously is in a different category altogether. But I just thought it was interesting. I looked at his um, Twitter feed on the way, um, <coughs> excuse me, while I was sitting out there, <coughs> excuse me, and um, and he said, no more tweets for t- 10 days. He said, the happy, I am the happiest uh, man alive. 
And I thought, well, there you are. That's why he's doing this. He has proposed, you know, to his um, okay. to his now, partner. They could have been companions. Yes. Why marry? Why marry? Exactly. Well, I think there's lots of reasons to marry. You know, I think in let's leave him out of it for the moment. But, you know, there's a great um, there's a great status to marriage still, whether we like it or not. It's a commitment. You're also really committing, bringing this person into your family. So the, that is a huge part of the commitment. Yeah. So when they shows, walk into a room at a bit of a do, correct. it's Mr. and Mrs. Murdoch. It does not still make Mr. a difference. Mr. Murdoch and girlfriend, yes. partner, whatever. Yes. It shows commitment, doesn't it? And it shows that nobody's going to step out of this as lightly or intending to. So it does. It, it is a show of absolute love. There's people talk a lot about in second marriages. I mean, why do why do people go again? They, you know, in Ireland, it's taken a while for all the legalities to settle. And I'm not an expert on that, but I do know as somebody secondly married that it does also give a, a you know a kind of a permanence and a simplicity to things that you don't have to deal with all these permutations once you're married again. Some things happen automatically. Now I know we can all manage next of kinships, all these kind of things, but there are some things that are very complicated still. Yeah. Now that's the the point. It often in, involves integration of families. Yes. Now that's that's hugely complex. That full of landmines. I, I think full of landmines. And funny, I was just speaking with a, a lovely man the other day, and he was saying, you know, my biggest, my own biggest mistake, he said, was I thought they were adults. They were, he was actually when he left the marriage, the children were very adult, and he said, I thought that they would understand in some way that it had been a very, you know, de- you know, the marriage had felt very dead. He thought they saw that. He thought they kind of understood it, and he thought they would maybe at some level be happy for him. But what he had completely missed was they are always children in your life. They they really take a very long time to, you know, move away in any way from that because mother, father is always their children in relationship to that relationship. Mm. And so they're always going to be very loyal to mum or dad or whoever has been left. And they will always feel, you know, split and torn, even if that other person is gorgeous and lovely and nice. Mm. So that's a huge difficulty. And people can't expect children to jump that fence too easily, no matter what age yeah. they are. Now, obviously, if there has been a terrible marriage and that mm. one party is clearly to blame, be it the man or the woman, mm. and the the good party then gets married again. Does that make it easier for the kids to say, well, at least she's rid of him or at least he's rid of her? Yeah, well, maybe maybe again, at some level, if you see that there's been huge unhappiness or a kind of abuse or, you know, big addictions being dealt with or all sorts of things like that. Surely then, yes, there can be some happiness for 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 one party. But. The thing is, we, you know, the more we know about the flaws and the faults, I've always felt this, that the more complicated it gets for all that surrounding family. Now, children will know, you know, but they don't always know. They don't always know everything. And it just complicates things the more that we know about, as I say, who slept with who, when, when did it stop, all of that, who breached, you know, the, the, the if you like, the deal. Because the reality is, whether we like it or not, we have no fault divorce. You know, people make mistakes, marriages break and they're going to break. And really, we have a lot. We can we can. How would I say we can protect society, children and families much better if we don't engage too much in the shame and blame, because it may be ourselves. I'm thinking, though, that uh, the you mentioned the kids who are uh, physically adult and yes. uh, chronologically adult, but in fact are, are still children in the parents' eyes and they see themselves as children in the in their parents' yes. eyes. It. Obviously, though, would be different if a marriage fragments when the kids are, say, nine or ten. Yes. Where they don't really have a full realisation of how tough life can be and so on versus if the marriage fragments when the kids are 25. 
Yeah, well, what it doesn't, what it doesn't, uh, it affects them differently, of course, because you've fragmented their home. And ch- what really happens is children, the, I suppose the arc of certainty over a child's life, as, you know, in these early years, that's what stability is all about. And parents can protect them. But what is, you know, divorced parents and separating parents can really protect them. It's shown that actually the greater emotional and psychological impacts on children tend to, around divorce and that and breakup, tend to be around the 7 to 11. So actually, that is a very vulnerable time because they know enough to understand that yeah. mum's hurt, dad's hurt, he's crying, she's crying, whatever. They're shouting, really get the, they get the drift that he's let her down or she's let him down. So they really understand it at a bigger level, not just at the level, say, for children younger, who really just want to know, you know, when are, are we going to Smith's? You know, are we going to the toy shop? Are we going to the park? So that's a, a more difficult time. I suppose every time, every phase of life is difficult. I've o- also noticed when people, sometimes parents will wait until the uh, children are adult, then they think they will manage it, manage it better. But in fact, children often will say, when at 18, if the parents just walk out the door at that point, they feel, well, sorry, were the other years? Did they mean anything or did they just wait yeah. till I was an adult? So it's there's never a good time. Yeah. That is the truth. Now, what about the new start? Uh, so uh, yes. a second marriage happens and there's a new start and you think a clean sheet. It's never a clean sheet if there are children. Yeah. So you're going to have family occasions, whether it's uh, births, Birthdays. marriages, funerals. Exactly. Where everyone, uh, well, they may or may not be invited to the wedding. Yeah. But everyone might show up. Yes. Problems. And if there isn't, I think the thing that I always think is you have to remember is children really almost always want both parents. They may not want them always there and they will be led largely by the parent that they reside with. So it's really important that that the couple who are separating establish the way things are going to go forward. Now, I know there's, you know, there's argument and all of that, but in reality, they lead and it shouldn't be left to other family and friends to make all those decisions. It is up to the couple, really, to establish something seemly that other people can follow. Uh, Some texts coming in. Interesting topic, Pat, but I would never remarry. I've had one serious relationship since my divorce. I'm single again now. I'd like to meet someone, but would never marry again. Nothing like a painful divorce to warn you of marriage. The biggest deterrent. It is, of course, the biggest deterrent. But people who marry secondly will tell you, like myself, but, you know, in the literature, what people will say most of all is that, you know, it's a very different set of circumstances. You know much more about yourself. You know much more about marriage. You know what you're very grateful for second chances. So you're inclined to work through issues very well and you know the score from the outset. So you don't have a kind of a bubble, a a completely warped kind of view of how everything can be amazing. It can be amazing, but there is a journey on that, you know, to make that happen. Another text. I had a very amicable separation and divorce from my husband but was shocked at how upset and sad I was when he remarried. Interesting, yes. That's interesting. Well, because often we see this, that as people separate, and they separate for the right reasons, but there is then this huge journey to finding somebody new again and finding somebody that meets your needs is not easy. And once again, there, perhaps the male married again because because it's a little bit easier for them. And uh, also often in this world, women have the children, so they're a little more encumbered as well. Mm-hmm. Men are freer to get out and date and, you know, go out and about and socialise and all of that. It can be a little harder for women to get going but also if you see somebody go forward it's not that you don't you want them anymore but maybe maybe it is that you your own journey hasn't really gone the way you thought it would another one uh, I do love my wife and we're both on our second
second marriage, but we only made it official for legal reasons. We felt too old to bother otherwise. It's only a bit of paper. Happiness is the key. You don't have to comment on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, our adult children took our divorce so badly. We were in our mid-50s, and now I'm in a lovely relationship in my late 50s, but they don't approve, and that makes it hard. No mm-hmm. question of marriage again, but I'd like the children to be happy for me finding happiness again, and I'd like to see their dad meet someone new, but I don't think they would. Hmm. Well, you see, I think that's that's that is really something that's very usual and very real. But I think that you have to lead on that. The reality is parents are in, if you've reared your children well and you've done all you can. Life is a series of, as we know, errors and learnings. And I think how that that woman there is saying, you know, she's not being vitriolic. She's not being nasty. She would like him to be happy, too. And sorry, the kids need to um, need to take that up. All right. Uh, This one's someone getting it off the chest. Why (laughs) on earth would anyone want to marry again? I'm in my 40s. I've been married for 10 years. I'd love to be single again and maybe date again. I'd love my own space, my own home. My wife doesn't clean. She's not a tidy person. She drives me mad. If it wasn't for the housing crisis, I'd moved out. I bet there are many more people in my situation. Pretty desperate. Yeah. yeah. And and we hear plenty of that, Pat. Yeah. Uh, I'm 66, separated since I was 39 years. Uh, I married at 18. So strong and independent woman. I would never, ever get married again. My partner of eight years is a dream come true. I live in his house mostly, but go home to my own house two days a week. I love my house empty. I can do my garden, read my books in peace. I'm so lucky. Thank God I am free. Now, to be fair, Pat, a lot of women are doing that now. As the, because remember, we don't need the security of, you know, the, that factor of security. We've, if you have your own house, your own, st- your own finances, you can understand that there's good, this new version of relationships are going to come about, particularly for the older age groups. All right. So in summary, remarriage is, should be negotiated carefully. Oh, very carefully. But it's also it's a great kind of uh, how would you say it, it's a great show of confidence in the future. It's a great show of kind of, uh, I think, strength and and hope and kind of gratitude in life. And I think those who do it have that. They have that belief that life can be, you know, that the, the future is positive. So I don't see it as a negative in any way that people won't do it. But I would not knock those who have the faith and the confidence to mm. do it. And the last text, perhaps it's harder for women to meet a second partner because they often pre- prefer to wait for the man to approach them. Well, that's still, unfortunately, the rule of the jungle. I mean, we uh, women do approach men a little bit. You know, there's a lot mm. more of that evenness. But, you know, most men will tell you secretly they're they're kind of, you know, they like the little chase. They like to know that they have, you know, it's in us. It's, you know, we're, we're not going to write out all those, the, the, that sort of evolution um, as quickly as that. Emancipation doesn't quite do that. There is still, men still like the little bit of chase rather than being chased. That's very controversial. We'll tease that one out uh, we'll take again. That another day. Like the caveman, knock her on the head with the club and drag <laughs> her off by the hair. Uh, you know, in a modern context, you're it, saying they still kind of like that. There's still a little. I, I think there's still a little of that. All the you know, you know the way I do the tough love podcast. Yeah. Um, so I speak with a lot of women and a lot of guys, and it's you'd be surprised how traditional it still is. On that note, Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist. Uh, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.